The Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast is sponsored by U.S. Bank. Embracing what makes us unique creates more possibilities for all. Learn more at usbank.com diversity. U.S. Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast. Here are a few messages from the forum before we start the show. Got webinar fatigue? Check out our 2020 annual conference presentations now available on our website, forumworkplaceinclusion.org. Our videos are great learning resources that you can apply today. They explore key trending themes like future fluency, global citizenship, universal innovation, and new perspectives. Explore all of our videos at forumworkplaceinclusion.org. Donate to the forum. We get to engage people, advance ideas, and ignite change because of the generous support from our community. If you find our resources meaningful or valuable, please consider supporting the forum today. Visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash donate. That's forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash donate. Thank you very much for your support and generosity. With that, I'd like to say thank you to all our listeners and subscribers. You help support the growth of the podcast and reach new listeners. If you like what you're hearing on the Forum Podcast, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've already written a review, thank you. Please consider sharing our podcast with a friend, family member, or a colleague you think might find value in the content. Word of mouth is the best way the Forum grows, so thank you very much for listening and sharing. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Ben Rue, Program Coordinator here at the Forum on Workplace Inclusion. Thank you for joining us today for Tap In, Strategies for Elevating Women's Self-Empowerment with Dr. Myra Hubbard, Executive Vice President of Hubbard and Hubbard, Inc. Have you ever seen women or people who are ageless seem to be crushing it and have it all together? Have you ever wondered how they could seem so confident? Being self-empowered is the way to go. Have you ever wished this for yourself, what does that really mean? What does it look like? And how can you embody it? The things that are handed to you might help improve your life or even enable you to become empowered. But to make a lasting change, you have to take the responsibility, own it, and you have to do the personal work to make the change. It's not always easy, but if you're clear about what you want, it is always worth it to take the lead and empower yourself to make the changes. During this podcast, Dr. Hubbard will pull back the curtain of self-empowerment to share with you seven key steps to achieving self-empowerment. You will learn the seven key strategic steps for achieving self-empowerment outcomes for personal and career transformation, learn how to become a more accountable for your actions toward self-empowerment, and discover self-empowerment has a structure containing practical, manageable components. Dr. Myra Hubbard, as I said before, is Executive Vice President of Hubbard & Hubbard, Inc., an international organization and human performance consulting corporation that specializes in human resource development and training, workforce diversity management and measurement, leadership development, organizational development, and personal success coaching and training. She has many years of successful experience providing consultation to executives, work groups, and organizations. For consulting engagement support managers, teams, and organizations to become more inclusive, improve performance, and increase productivity. She specializes in organizational behavioral, organizational analysis, employee and business resource group performing improvement and measurement strategies, diversity measurement, team building, and organizational change methodologies. Her emphasis is on practical how-to approaches 
directly related to organizational goals and empowerment of employees. As the president and co-founder of the Hubbard Diversity Management and Productivity Institute, Dr. Hubbard has a broad range of responsibilities, such as directing diversity training teams, consulting, client relations, marketing, managing organizational cultural audits and climate surveys, working with employee resource slash business resource group, organization improvement focus groups, and executives. She successfully applies her management and business expertise, counseling, and coaching background for enhanced client performance improvement. Well, hello, everyone. I just want to uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, be here today. Um, this is certainly a, a topic that's near and dear to me. You know, I, and I want to start out by really talking to you about what I call my reflection story um, and why this topic, uh, you know, really uh, touches my heart. Because, you know, there's a few triggering events that uh, I I have had that really led up to this topic. And the, and the reason why I, you know, I really felt a, um, a drive to write my book that's called um, Tap In, Elevating Women's Self-Empowerment. And that, you know, the book's coming out um, later on this year during the fall. Um, but I worked in San Francisco at a corporation and I, I really liked my boss or my manager. And I was really looking forward to um, advancing. And one of the um, uh, one of the conversations that we had during a performance a review was he told me, you know, you didn't hear from me. He said, but a black woman can only make it so far here. And I, wow, I was kind of taken back, you know. And and I mean, what do you say to something like that? You know, I couldn't control. The fact that I was a black woman and I couldn't, I couldn't control I was a woman. I couldn't control that I was black. And so I have some key takeaways, you know, from that, that which really led to my quest for uh, self-empowerment. And one was that I realized that empowerment resides within me and it doesn't uh, depend on the actions of anybody else, you know, i.e. my manager at that time. Uh, and I also learned that there was a real difference between having a sponsor who was my advocate or mentor who helped me with development and my manager that I just happened to report to. And he was a likable guy. So I had a decision that I had to make about how I would, you know, take control of my professional life, whether I was going to leave or whether I was going to stay. Uh, and so there was some action definitely required that I had to take ongoing steps to really tap into my potential and my passion and my purpose. And I had to do some soul searching and really having to take personal responsibility to gain the knowledge and skills that required to, to build up my confidence and take risk. And one of the risks that I took, um, many years ago was starting a business. And so looking at what I, what I um, saw as the distinctions between being empowered and self-empowered, because I make a distinction um, uh, along those lines, I see self-empowerment uh, self as something that's controlled by you or controlled by me. 
whereas being empowered is controlled by other people. I see self-empowered individuals as being very action-oriented versus being empowered is somewhat passive. You know, you hear organizations all the time talking about, you know, we're empowering our employees to do X, Y, Z, you know, and then self-empowered means you gain clarity. I'm going to talk more about clarity in a minute. The clarity is around really um, um, having a clear idea of what you want out of life versus being empowered is really there's extent, external influences uh, for your for answers to things, for opportunities. And a self-empowered person, they, they build their own knowledge and skills. They're not relying on... Uh, like I did at that time, relying on a, a manager to um, advance me. So, so I'm going to ask you, now, why now? I think uh, now is the time uh, more than ever uh, for self-empowerment because I'm at, um, there's global economic shifting going on. There's uh, companies that have collapsed. You have um, over... 34 million jobs lost. There's overwhelming debt and prolonged unemployment. And I could go on and on about what's going on today that really, um, to me, supports the notion of now is the time more than ever. You know, I met this uh, woman recently, and she, she had mentioned to me that I never, I have never participated always um, uh I always kind of watch from the sidelines, she said, but I want my twilight years uh, to be more meaningful. She said, it's daunting and it's scary and it's overwhelming, but it's now or never, she felt. And so these challenges really can lead to opportunities. And I'm, I'm putting those opportunities in about three buckets. You might have other buckets that um, you create on your own, but one bucket I see for the challenges leading to opportunities is this it's a time for growth it's a time you can learn new skills it's a time you can as- assess your strengths and your talents and your capabilities it's a time even that you didn't even realize about your strengths and talents and then it's also a time to explore new and different opportunities that you may have overlooked maybe you didn't consider certain professions um it's another, uh, the, the, the second bucket that of opportunities that I see is a time for re- uh, redefining yourself, re- reinventing yourself, where you could discover who you are now, because we certainly are being tested, and um, what you're made of, uh, redefine who you want to be. You know, I mean, it's, it's a clean slate for a lot of us, and it is determine what's important to you. I know some people who have said they have learned um, things that are more important to them than they realize during these times. And also defining your uh, priorities. Third bucket of opportunities that I see is um, a time for control. Because linking back to that time that I told you I worked in uh, San Francisco, stop relying on outside people in the outside world to control you and, and identify what hasn't been working uh, for you. 
and it may not have been working for you in a long time, but you haven't stopped to really see that, you know, there's some things here that I've been just caught up in that hasn't been working for me and it's time for me to make some changes and look at what has held you back from being the person that you want to be, doing the things that you want to do. And then also, uh, it's a time to decide what you don't want to settle for anymore. I don't want to settle for working for anybody anymore might be um, what you decided to do. Well, I don't want to settle for having to, you know, uh, wait uh, for someone else to decide that what I do is important. So lastly, in terms of the time uh, to take control is to step up and take action uh, toward your personal and professional goals. So um, my business partner um, mentioned uh, one time when we were um, having our uh, business meeting, he said, you know, one of the things is when you own your own business, you can never be fired. You can only quit. And I thought that was pretty profound. So uh, today, there's three key um, outcomes, uh, learning outcomes. And one is around um, learning the seven key strategic areas that I've identified for um, achieving self-empowerment, um, your self-empowerment outcomes for your personal as well as your career transformation. And uh, secondly, for you to learn how to become more accountable for your actions towards self-empowerment. And lastly, to discover and this was something that was important to me that I'm, I'm sharing with you is to discover that self-empowerment really has a structure and, and, and it contains practical and manageable components because there's a lot of people out there that talk about self-empowerment and um, or empowerment and they all have different approaches. And today I'm just sharing with you my approach. Um, so let's talk about the meaning of tap-in. So I'm gonna talk about tap-in I want to tell you more about it. There's a quote that I really love uh, from Christopher Reed. He said, we all have many more abilities and internal resources that, that, than we know. My advice is that you don't need to break your neck to find out about them. And we could say, uh, we don't need to have a virus to find out about them. But given that we do, you know, let's take some time. So we're going to go beyond the curtain. We're going to pull back the, uh, the curtain um, to really discover some of these, these uh, pieces that there is a pathway to self-empowerment and there's a foundation that you can build on. There's, there are steps that you can take to gain momentum, and we're going to talk about that. And let me give you the definition that I have for uh, TAP-IN. Uh, it is a self-empowerment it's a self-empowerment framework and it's set up of, um, uh, as a set of organizing principles that really provide uh, a, uh, a set of strategic actions that you can take to tap into your internal as well as those external resources uh, so that you can fulfill your goals and your ambitions. And so what's critical, I learned, is that it really starts with figuring it out, I say, whatever that it is, and gaining clarity. Um, there's a quote by Mae West. Now, Mae goes way back, uh, 
and I like to say she was before my time, but what, what May, May said was knowing what you want is the first step toward getting it. And that is so true. Um, you probably, with any of the models of um, empowerment or self-empowerment, might contain this. Or, or, you know, I would be the advocate to say it needs to start there. But self-empowerment begins with you gaining a clear idea of what you want to accomplish. Because that clarity is going to lead you to making decisions that are going to be uh, in alignment with the direction where you want to go in life. And there are eight key self-empowerment clarifying questions that I, I recommend you answer. So if you have some paper and pen, you might want to write this down because these, these questions are thought-provoking. So you might not be able to answer them right now. Some of them you are able to, but others are going to take you a little bit of time to flush this out. And if you don't flush this out, it's very difficult for the rest to work. So question number one out of these eight self-empowering questions is, what do you want? That's the outcome. Um, these are like in frames. So what do you want, whether you want, you know, some people might say, well, I want freedom. I want to, I want to be in charge. <laughs> I want to go back to school and get my PhD or, or, or whatever. So what does that What's that answer for, for you for question number one, what do you want? And question number two is how do you know when you have it? Um, so what's your evidence? What's going to help you to realize that you, that, that you do have what you said you wanted in question number one? If you said you wanted freedom, how do you know when you have that freedom? Because freedom is kind of kind of fuzzy, right? Freedom could be different for different people. And third question, where, when, and with whom do you want this? In other words, what's the context that you want this? Fourth question is, what will happen when you get it? And I call this the impact um, frame. Because when you get what you want, chances are that it's going to be an impact. Then you get that freedom it's going to impact your life in various ways. So you might as well flush that out right now. And fifth question is what resources do you have or you, or, or you feel you need to get it? That frame I call is the resource frame. So what, what do you currently have? Because you can build on what you have. Uh, and what do you need to fill those holes? Sixth question is what stops you from having it now? That frame is really barriers. You know, what in the world is getting in the way of you having it now? You know, um, what stops you from having that freedom that you said you wanted right now? And the seventh question is, what will having it do for you? In other words, what's the purpose behind it? Why, why bother? You know, why are you doing this? So what will having it do for you is uh, question number seven. And question number eight is, what will be your first couple of steps toward getting it? And I call that action. So I'll go over it real quickly for you again in case you were taking notes. Question one, what do you want? Two, how do you know when you have it? Three, 
Where, when, with whom do you want it? Four, what will happen when you get it? Five, what resources do you have or need to get um, to help you move that needle? Six, what stops you from having it now? What's getting in the way? Seven, what will have, having it do for you? And lastly, what kind of actions are you going to take to get the ball rolling on this? So, tap in. I didn't tell you yet what those um, initials stands for. It's really an, an acronym. And the T stands for tenacity. The A stands for alignment. The P stands for purpose. The I stands for influence with integrity. And the N stands for network of support. And let me tell you a little bit more about when you are tapped in uh, with tenacity. The definition um, of tenacity is really the act of being determined to, to, to do or to achieve something with a real firmness of purpose, um, and a real stick to it is. Um, uh, it involves awareness and uh, initiative and perseverance, and you're really having strength to resist any kind of opposition or, or any extreme difficulty when you're working towards your goal. You um, literally hang in there, um, and you, um, if you want to apply this, here's, a, here's an application thing that you could do. Uh, work on your goal at least one hour daily. I was just talking to another author um, this weekend, and uh, she has written 30 books. And I asked her, what tip can you give other authors? You know, I, I write myself, and I like to, you know, certainly enhance those skills. And she said, write every day. And to me, that's an example of being tenacious. Um, now, as far as, the, as far as the A, alignment, the definition there is when, when you're tapped in, you have a, a, a direct connection, be, a connection and alignment between your goals and your, your values and beliefs and the actions that you take. And your true, authentic self uh, is in alignment with that with the person that you uh, aspire to be. Here's an application that you can um, uh, start right away, and that is to write down three task statements in your journal, if you keep a journal, uh, indicating how the specific, specific actions you are going to, uh, you're working on really support your goals. Because we can get caught in the activity trap, and uh, it's not leading us to the goals we said we wanted. Remember, this all links back to those questions that we talked about, the first question and getting clarity on what you want. And then the P stands for um, uh, purpose. And um, the definition here is that you have a, a, a clarity of your purpose. You have strength and character um, where you know who you are and you have a personal mission in life, and you're uh, continuously um, developing goals that really drive and direct and guide your behavior in ways that clearly support your passion and your vision for your future. Here's an application exercise that you can do. You can spend uh, at least two hours writing a personal mission statement. 
Well, some of you might be ahead of the game and you don't need two hours. Um, and take 10 minutes to practice saying it out loud. Because a lot of times when you say it out loud, you need you go back and you adjust it. And the I in tap in is um, you have a, an a effect on others that uh, to either adopt a, a certain position or a belief or a, a course of action with uh, the quality of honesty. It's really around your um, uh, the fact that you are, um, you know, the remember I had mentioned to you before about the, the I is influence with integrity. And so it's not just influence because there's people who have influence, um, but they don't have integrity. And integrity means that you are trustworthy and transparent and you let the other person know that you um, know your intentions up front and you're forthcoming about, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. So you're authentic. You have an ability to connect with people and you have uh, um, built confidence and you continue to build confidence um, because I have talked to very confident people and they say they continue to have to enhance that. And then you have a certain presence about yourself that um, causes uh, you to be influential. The other person, um, what's also important is that the other person's wants and their needs, uh, you you respect them. They're, re they're respected and they're honored while you're seeking to have your desired outcome. And chances are, uh, both of you will have your outcome. So let me show you how to apply that. One thing you can do is you can ask at least three questions of the other person to find out what is important um, to, to, to him or her and mutually agree on those solutions that meet, meet both of your needs. And then you want to write at least three ways that you felt that you are demonstrating integrity during the interaction and um, repeat out loud what you actually did because you could build on that in the future. Lastly in the tap-in model is um, the network of support. I kind of like it. Uh, I call it the nose, <laughs> N-O-S, you know, who you know. And that is um, you, have a specific, you have specific individual, um, individuals or groups of people who provide you emotional, developmental, um, professional, practical help in support of the goals that you um, are attempting. And those, they, they kind of, they fall to me. I found that they, they fell in five buckets. One is a social network. You've got a, um, that social network are your friends. You have particular friends that you go to for um, support in reaching your goals. Then there's uh, family members. You have some family members that you know, you know, you can go to them and they're going to give you some um, uh, really good um, feedback and opinions and advice. Um, also, there's a professional network and uh, and your spiritual network and your um, and your mentors. So let me uh, give you uh, an application that you can do. Take deliberate steps by um, calling three to five um, people to cultivate relationships. 
that are in support uh, of all aspects of your life and make a plan to connect monthly with them. And, um, and after the uh, connection, you want to summarize what you are uh, most grateful for about that relationship. And I, you know, I, I know that during these times, a lot of people have been uh, touching bases with um, people that they hadn't talked to in years, but uh, they value that relationship, but they haven't um, cultivated it. Let me tell you about the opposite of, of, of how I view tapping in and what it means to uh, tap out. Let me ask you, here's, here's a scenario. Uh, is, let me ask you, is this you? You're bored and you're, and you're complacent. You're, your money's running out. You know, people are telling you, you know what? You need to find your passion and you need to just follow it. Um, but you, you're not even sure what that is. Um, you're tending to procrastinate uh, about almost everything and you're experiencing, you know, self-doubt and you're wondering if this is all there is and, you know, you say other people, you know, have it, whatever it is, and you're wondering what's wrong with you. I mean, where's your passion? So I ask you, is this, is this you? Because that's a form of tapping out. Here's another scenario, you know, and this, this is certainly um, the situations that I'm giving you are based on the women that I have been interviewing and have met to, to develop this book. And um, there was a, a situation, but I want to ask you if this is you, because this is a, a real situation, in which um, you're, you were excited after hearing about the job, a job opening, and you talked to your family and your friends about, about this opportunity, and you, you researched the company, you prepared for the interview, you practiced responses to um, possible questions that they're going to ask, you, you, you dress for success, you know you have the experience they are looking for and you have the qualifications, uh, and you're invited for a second interview and you tell yourself, okay, I've got this. So you're, you're confident that you're going to hear back from them, you're going to hear back them, from them soon with good news. Two days later, here's what happens. You get the call, you didn't get the job. So how, how could you have handled this situation? Um, you could handle it by tapping in, uh, staying tapped in. You could handle it by uh, totally giving up, which would be tapping out. You know, I want you to think about something, because I certainly have been uh, thinking about it a lot, and that all behavior is belief-driven. So... Think about that again. All behavior is belief-driven. So this COVID-19 um, virus is is really outside of all our, uh, is an outside circumstance or set of circumstances that's beyond all of our control right now. Let me give an example, real-time example, of two restaurant owners um, who had to close um, Close um, their uh, restaurants, and they were in the same area, or are in the same area, because they still exist. So, owner number one, that person was frustrated and mad at mad at China uh, for starting it, and or, or, or what uh, she believed. Uh, mad at the president for not solving the problem faster, and mad that she had to lay off staff and 
mad that she had to apply for help and it wasn't going through the way um, she thought it should and obsessed with the news. You know, she was saying, well, you know, when are they they're going to uh, reopen? We're, you know, when are they going to fix these things? So the belief that this owner had for, uh, was that um, this sucks. And my restaurant, my, my restaurant was really doing um, just fine until China, until the president, until the virus, you know, crippled me. And so I'm never going back into this business again. I'm done with this. That was owner number one. Owner number two, same situation as owner uh, one. Uh, actually, the restaurant was in the same area or is in the same area. And um, so the, these sisters thought, well, yeah, these are tough times, which is a cause for us to, we, get, we have to step this up. We have to innovate. We have to, um, you know, provide ourselves with uh, um, some, some tools and roll up our sleeves and, and we're going to find a way out of this because nothing's going to stop us. I mean, we worked too hard to get this restaurant together. So they went to Home Depot and they got some wood and they, and they had a structure built outside their restaurant and they made it in, into a, um, a drive-through, uh, say for, you know, picking up the food. And then, they, then they had their kitchen rearranged for, uh, social distancing. And they shifted from an in-house restaurant to a pickup barbecue place. And they're doing three times the business that they have ever done. In fact, they now have six restaurants. Okay. All behavior is belief-driven. So their belief was that they were uh, determined there was a solution. Um, based on the uh, past challenges, they believed that this was just another hurdle that they needed to find a solution to. And they did that. You know, one of the uh, uh, aspects of the tap-in model is there are guiding beliefs of empowerment. And the, uh, Alice Walker had a quote about the most, the most common way uh, people uh, give up their power is by thinking that they don't have any. And I kind of like to check, just tweak it just a little bit, her, her quote, and say the most common way people give up their power is by believing they don't have any. And let me ask you this. Um, what, would your, what would your life be like if you live with the belief that there's no such thing as failure? only feedback. Think about that a minute. If you adopted the belief that there's no such thing as failure, only feedback, that could mean that you never really fail. You just learn. You learn from whatever it was that you did. In fact, um, I remember someone telling me about uh, getting lost and, and they said, well, they didn't really get lost. They just found another way to get there. <laughs> here's another belief to uh, try on. Uh, let's say the person, here's a belief, the person with the most flexibility will have the most influence. Okay? The person with the most flexibility will have the most influence. 
So what that really means is uh, if you don't get, you know, um, stuck and you you see where you need to be flexible, like the like the uh, sisters that have the barbecue restaurant, uh, they had flexibility. And so, uh, therefore, they could influence the, the situation they were in. And also, you can influence people more if you have that flexibility. Here's one, here's one I love. And I certainly um, have seen some demonstrations of, of this, which I don't have time to, to share all of it with you. Um, timing, around timing. If you adopted the belief that it's never too late, what would your life be like if you said it was never too late? I've talked to people who, uh, I, I mean, they they talked as if they were, quote unquote, old, and they had so much of life to uh, to still live. If you if you take on the belief that it's never too late, you could try things at any point in your life. You could, you know, you you could. Start your your own business at any point in your life. You don't have to say, well, it's too late uh, to do that. So here's some things I want you to think about. Um, there's a quote from Les Brown that tar- that says, if you, if you view all the things that happen to you, both the good and the bad, as opportunities, then you operate a- out of a higher level of consciousness. And I venture to say there are, there, there are only three responses um, you have control over. Uh, if there's another one, help me with that, okay? Because I see that one response is your thoughts. Um, you know, what you, what you say to yourself. You, you can have control over what you say to yourself. And you could also have co- control over your internal images because we have images that we create in our mind and and that could either propel us or it could stop us. The third thing that you have control over is your behavior, your actions, the things that you do and the things that you say. There's a, there's a quote from Oprah um, in which she says about Energy is the essence of life, and every day you decide how you're going to, uh, to use it by knowing what you want, there's that again, and what it takes to reach that goal, and by maintaining focus. And so I think there's also some lessons that we can learn from uh, little babies. Um, what is it like um, to teach a baby to walk? Any of you have uh, children or grandchildren out there or nieces and nephews, have you seen them when um, they were learning to walk? Um, How much time would you allow a baby to learn how to walk? Um, And let me ask you this. What if they tried to walk once or twice and it didn't work? And so they gave up. I have a little grandson and and watching him uh, learn how to walk, was uh, certainly a, a joy and he would fall down and he would get up and he would giggle and he would uh, laugh. And it, and then his, his, his mom would, um, she would be at a distance and she would, she would motion to him to come to her 
and he would try to get over there and then he'd fall back down and he'd, he'd laugh and he'd get back up. Well, babies learn to crawl uh, and they can get around really fast when they're crawling too. I mean, I'll stand up and a whole new world opens up to them when they can stand up and then they learn how to walk. Well, those are, those are uh, lessons for us. And um, Walt Disney said, you know, everyone falls down. And getting back up is how you learn how to walk. And, well, children, you know, I love it. I mean, because children are in the natural state of being confident. I mean, they're full of wonder, and they're ready to explore the world around them. I mean, even the, I mean, when their babies are looking at their hands and their feet, and they're saying, what are these, you know? And babies are fearless. I mean, you know, you see them, they're, they're, they're climbing on things, and they're jumping off it. And adults can benefit by adopting the same childlike attitudes that children have toward learning. Um, Michelle Obama, she said, you know, falling is a critical part of success. Every time you fall and you get back up, you practice perseverance, which is the key to life. And she says, your strength comes in your ability to recover. So getting to um, action plan kind of items. What are you willing to do next to tap into self-empowerment? What are your guiding beliefs of self-empowerment? And what will you incorporate in your life? Remember the one I mentioned to you about it's never too late. No such thing as failure. And how will you change yourself, your self-talk to support your goals and, and your aspirations as opposed to sabotage them? And what two actions will you take in the next, I challenge you, in the next 48 hours, what are going to be two actions that you're going to take? They don't have to be big. In the next two hours, I mean, in the 48 hours to elevate your self-empowerment. And what networks of support will you engage um, to keep yourself accountable? Because I interviewed uh, a person that um, I really admire. And... She, and I was asking her about how she, you know, got to where she was and that kind of thing. And one of the things she said, once I shared the model with her, she said, you know what, Dr. Myra, I realized that I really have some holes in my network of support. And I'm going to work on that. Um, there's a, um, a Gandhi quote I'd like to share with you. And what she, I'm going to, I'm going to change his word from man to woman. Woman often becomes what she believes herself to be. If I keep on saying to myself that I cannot do a certain thing, it is possible that I may end up really becoming incapable of doing it. And on the contrary, if I shall have the belief that I can do it, I shall surely acquire the capability and the capacity to do it even if I may not have it at the beginning. thought that was pretty profound. So how do we stay tapped in? Well, one, gain that clarity I told you about early on. Set clear goals. Because it's hard to keep, keep up your intensity and be tenacious and have a commitment if you don't know, you don't even know what it is that you're working toward. Evaluate and fine-tune your core beliefs. Because your core beliefs, remember that they're going to be the driver uh, and influences those thoughts and that behavior and how you feel about things. 
and tap in. Embrace the fear and do it anyway. Because if you wait till the fear goes away, you might never do and, and get what it is that you want. So don't let it paralyze you. Uh, if it has in the past, you know, shove it off. It's a new day. And you want to find out exactly what, what's holding you back and, and determine if your fear is really justified. And then you want to, to take action to move forward. Also, you want to build confidence because confidence is like a muscle. Build on what you have that you can, that, that can help you advance to where you want to go and develop what you don't have. I call it chunking down because, you know, it's those baby steps. Uh, like we talked about, you know, with the little one learning how, learning how to walk and surround yourself with the right people. Being around other people who are determined can help you, uh, help keep you on track or, um, uh, invigorate you. And then remember the tap in. And that was the T for tenacity, A for alignment, P for your purpose, influence with integrity, networks of support. And so at this point, you know, um, certainly I'd like for you to, you know, uh, you know, reach out to me, stay in touch with me. If you want to know more about tap in, certainly available um, to uh, present to organizations on it. Look out for my book that's coming uh, this, um, this year in the fall. And, um, um, I'll send you some information of how you can be in touch with me. My phone number is uh, 707-481-2268. I love those personal calls. Again, 707-481-2268. And also go to my website. Um, my website is uh, www.tapin, the number two, the set, Dot com. Tap into success.com and also email me at myrahub at aol.com. So that's M-Y-R-A-H-U-B at aol.com. This has been great. I've loved talking to you about this. I could keep on and on and on. And there are um, programs that I have that uh, really are longer programs uh, to really have you roll up your sleeve and gain the skills and the knowledge that you need to tap in and stay tapped in. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful tapped-in life. Thank you, Dr. Meyer, for that outstanding podcast. I know I'm ready to tap in. If you would like to learn more about self-empowerment, please feel free to contact Dr. Hubbard either by email or by phone. And if you'd like to learn more about the forum or listen to more forum podcasts, please visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org forward slash podcast, or you can also subscribe to listen to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor. Thank you again for joining us. We hope to have you join us again soon. Thank you again for listening to the Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get updates and the latest episodes. Also, tell us what you think by reviewing our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. For more information, visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org or search Workplace Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much and have a great day. The Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast is recorded at Augsburg University in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
One of the most diverse private colleges in the Midwest, Augsburg University offers more than 50 undergraduate majors and nine graduate degrees to 3,400 students of diverse backgrounds at its campus in the vibrant center of the Twin Cities and nearby Rochester, Minnesota location. Augsburg educates students to be informed citizens, thoughtful stewards, critical thinkers, and responsible leaders. An Augsburg education is defined by excellence in the liberal arts and professional studies, guided by the faith and values of the Lutheran Church, and shaped by its urban and global settings. Learn more at augsburg.edu.